Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to Rice and Shine, a show looking at life through the perspective of four Asian American teens living in the Pacific Northwest. This week, I'm going to be interviewing my boyfriend, Ryan. He is a senior, so he's a year older than me, and he's actually already committed to a college, which is great. So today, he's going to be talking about the college admissions process, his perspective as an Asian male in STEM, because we've got a lot of those, how he was able to stand out advice he has for not just me but for you guys as well and then at the end we're going to talk a little bit about affirmative action so stay tuned and hope you enjoy okay so first introduce yourself and give us all your stats hi my name is ryan c i'm a senior here at mercer island high school and applied to colleges last fall so we do the stats breakdown first okay and then the extracurriculars and honors and then after that, we'll like reveal where you're going or like where you got into, basically. Okay. Okay. So stats. <laughs> so where should I start? Okay. So GPA. Yeah. So I have a 4.0 GPA. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds okay. so terrible. Why? I, I you know, earned just, it. Okay. You earned it. Yeah. My SAT score was a 1540 super score. It was 1540? It was. I've been telling everyone it was 1530. <laughs> Technically, yes, my my most recent score was a 1530. Really? But super scored, it's a 1540. Yes. Wow. So well, what's like the breakdown? Math and then... The breakdown was 760 reading mm-hmm. and That's 780 solid. math. That's so good. What happened in the math section? Yeah, you know, I don't know. A lot of my friends were getting uh, 790s, 800s mm-hmm. on the math section. But for some reason, I could just never, never get uh, up there. But, you know. I'll take a 780. That's perfectly fine with me. Mm, interesting. <laughs> okay. You're sounding so judgmental. Okay, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. It's just your stats are very different from mine in the sense that I do not have a 4.0. I'm nowhere close to it. If I were to round my GPA, it would round down to <laughs> it would not round up to a 4.0. Um and then what about your extracurriculars and stuff you've been doing like Start freshman year, and then sophomore, and then junior, and then what you do this year, and then what you put on your app. Sure. So my main extracurricular throughout high school has been jazz piano. <laughs> oh, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> my main. <laughs> Why is that funny? Okay, it's what not was, what funny. Was, why'd you laugh in the I middle didn't... of my? <laughs> I'm gonna keep all of this in. How? This, like, stupid board behind me is hurting my back. (laughs) Okay, keep going. Okay. My main extracurricular throughout high school has been jazz piano. Uh, I've been playing jazz piano since I was seven, I think. Um, You think or you know? How do you not know? I know. Okay, so it's not I think. I I was just, yeah. Okay. Had to think about that for a little bit. So starting in freshman year, I auditioned for and joined the jazz ensemble. Um, and so I've been doing that since my freshman year. And that's a class. That is a class, yeah. Um, every day, uh, except on block days. <laughs> <laughs> wow, thank you for specifying that. Yeah, not that people will care about that. Yeah, but people won't. Um, so did you get into, so Jazz One is the best. Jazz One is the best, and that's Jazz Ensemble. Oh, okay, um, yeah. okay. So I got, got in, in as a jazz pianist um, freshman year. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. And then sophomore year, I continued doing jazz uh, ensemble, although it was online. Um, But I kind of found ways to navigate the 
restrictions of the pandemic, because you know, mm-hmm. we couldn't do a lot of live music in person or anything like that. So what I did was I reached out to a couple band members, fellow jazz band members, and asked if they wanted to record virtually a couple oh. uh, jazz standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we did. I, mm-hmm. I asked them for different parts and uh, strung together some audio and mm-hmm. video files. Mm-hmm. And Did you compose what you guys played? No, they were jazz standards, okay. which means oh, okay. they've yeah, been pre-written. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we did our own improvised solos over, over the song and we submitted it to uh, KNKX, the radio station. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we got featured on their website, which That's was really crazy. cool. Yeah. That's the interview that it is. The yeah, interview. yeah, yeah. Well, uh-huh. it's not the interview. Oh, um, it's that's not. a separate thing that I also wow. Uh, wow. Uh, did over that. Yeah. Summer. So basically, I think um, I don't know. It was like right before Ryan and I started dating um, another Rise and Shine member. Um, one of my good friends, Ava, she like looked up Ryan <laughs> and she found like all the Ryan details. And one of the things that came up was like this random radio website. And they had done an interview with Ryan. Um, and, yeah, it was really funny. So if you look up Ryan C, C is H-S-I, then you might come across that interview. And you can read it. And that was your freshman year? That was my sophomore year. Sophomore year. Wow, yeah. you looked really young. <laughs> you didn't hit puberty until later, did you? Uh, no, I did not. Yeah, yeah clearly. It was, it was not until, until later. <laughs> I probably still haven't hit it. <laughs> Okay, keep going. Yeah, so then I did uh, do uh, a guest DJ segment uh, with Ken KX. So that's what that was. Um, and Yeah, so that was really cool. And then also that year over the summer, I did the Stanford Jazz Institute workshop. That's crazy. You never told me about that. I didn't know that until you literally sent me your common app. <laughs> like- Why would I tell you about that? Well, you like to tell me about all your little accomp. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but I feel like I know about most of the stuff you've done. You've done. Yeah, I do tell you a lot. And whereas when I ask you, you don't tell me anything. <laughs> yeah, no, because I like to gatekeep. <sighs> yeah, you get mad at me when I gatekeep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I did the Stanford Jazz Institute that summer, which was this kind of two-week uh, virtual program. Normally, it's in mm-hmm. person at Stanford, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that year, obviously, it was online. And so I got to meet some really cool uh, musicians, j- pro jazz musicians there, and I learned a lot over that summer. So was this like you apply and you have to get in? Yeah. So mm-hmm. this was um, apply only. Uh, if you're under 18 years of age, you need to mm-hmm. apply. Uh, okay. But it was kind of meant for all age ranges, mm-hmm. um, especially for adults. It was meant for oh, them. Okay. Uh, so they could just join and, and keep learning. Do you get selected? Or you you is do. It, okay. Yeah. And then do you have to pay? I uh, I think there was a fee, yes. That's crazy. That is, for virtual, guys, you guys should not be paying for summer programs. Yeah, don't pay for virtual summer programs. Don't do least. that, guys. Yeah, don't. not a good idea. Don't pay for any summer program. If you have to pay, you should be getting paid, guys. Yeah, be like Grace and go for free. You know, they they <laughs> yeah. want her so much that that's not true. Uh, that you know she's so talented and ridiculous Bro, that uh, get out of here. They 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 accept her with no fee. No is, fee, <laughs> which is you know optimal. But yeah. those programs are very very competitive. They are um, so mm-hmm. yeah. Only the best like Grace can. Bro, that, can get, get out of here. This is this is so sad cuz I'm so mean to you on this and you're so nice. That's <laughs> yeah, okay. 
Um, so you did that. Yeah. So that was the summer of sophomore. Yeah, between sophomore and junior year. Mm-hmm. Then also that summer um, was, I think, one of my biggest uh, activities or extracurriculars that I ended up putting on my application mm-hmm. was the Pioneer Research Program. Mm-hmm. So that was also virtual. Um, but the difference kind of with this program is that it's always been virtual and they've set things up in a way um, where they've kind of mastered that mm-hmm. format, the mm-hmm. online format. So they allow you to call you. They allow you to get college credit for completing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the research paper. They have rigorous academic standards, mm-hmm. or, you know, where you have to write a fifteen-plus page research That's paper. That's crazy. Yeah, of a, on a topic of your choosing, mm-hmm. and you get to work one-on-one with a uh, professor, mm-hmm. which is really cool. So wait, explain what this program is. Yeah. So this program is basically a. Like I said, it's a research program that allows uh, high school students mm-hmm. to conduct large-scale research mm-hmm. and work one-on-one with professor mentors who mm-hmm. are uh, mm-hmm. experts in their fields. So in my case, I applied um, I applied as a music theory concentrator. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I applied <laughs> as a music theory concentrator and uh, was actually – so. The application was I, – I started the application two mm-hmm. weeks before it was due because we didn't oh, – wow. I didn't really find out about it yeah. until then. Um, and I was like, oh, shoot, the deadline is, you know, April, whatever. And uh, it was two weeks before. So I grinded that out. And then the next step after the application was an interview. Mm-hmm. And you had to do the interview, uh, talk about a couple of things in terms of whether you've conducted research before. And then you also mm-hmm. had to do a write-up, like a timed write, where they would ask you to write about a certain topic mm-hmm. and uh, they would then assess the quality of your little That's blurb. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. And so actually I was ultimately waitlisted. Oh. Uh, so I didn't get in at first. Uh-huh. Um, but I sent a letter of continued interest and uh, ultimately they did have space for me. Mm-hmm. And so wow. they, um, yeah, they, they let me in and accepted me and... That ended up being a really, really good experience for me. It was very challenging um, to to write a paper of that length at that scale. Yeah, um, but, especially like you're not even a junior yet. It's like yeah. right before you're a junior. Right. So you're super yeah. young. It was, yes, I was young and it was really scary. Um, I had mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, we had, we had group sessions mm-hmm. with the professor. And in this case, the professor was uh, was... He was a professor of counterpoint and fugue and kind of just classical music. Mm. Um, so we were specifically learning about counterpoint and fugue. And fugue is uh, a classical music kind of structure. And counterpoint, of course, is kind of when you have two melodies running at once um, and they're, mm-hmm. you know, maybe making some sort of harmony. And so me being a jazz musician, I, I didn't have a lot of experience in that classical field. And so... Yeah, it was tough. I had to to learn uh, pretty quickly because we only met once a week uh, with the professor. And outside of class, there was a lot of work to do and a lot of understanding that that needed to be gained. So how long was this? The program was around six, seven weeks. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, And I think. Oh, yeah. And then. um, So, yeah, I ended up choosing a research topic that combined both my interest in jazz mm-hmm. because going into the program I knew I wanted to do something with jazz music and also the thing we had been learning about mm-hmm. in the group cohort mm-hmm. uh, which was counterpoint and fugue mm-hmm. because ultimately I knew that 
my professor was going to be kind of well-learned in that subject. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of wanted to leverage his help on my paper as well as uh, keep keep myself interested in what I was doing. Uh, you know, in large-scale research, you, you, you don't want it to be a, a drag. So That makes sense. Yeah. So up until this point, the listeners might think that you are going to school for jazz because <laughs> everything you've talked right. about is jazz. Yeah. But you're like every other Asian person out there. Not to generalize mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm not one of these people, but you would say that a majority of Asian students in our country mm-hmm. are going into or want to go into some sort of STEM. Yeah. And you are one of those people. I am. So looking at it from an application standpoint, um, what I did was I leveraged kind of the interdisciplinary nature of all of my activities. So the Pioneer Research Program was combining a passion for research and academia with music, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So I talked a lot about that in my application. Um, I also did my junior year, the BU RISE program, which was a summer program that costs way too much money yes um one might say cost yes it's a down it's a down payment for an audi (laughs) (laughs) that's how i measure things that it probably or it's like i would say like eight birkin uh not birkin excuse me um hermes click clack bracelets yes yeah when you have to be careful when you're choosing um summer programs like that, especially when you have to pay large yeah. sums of money yeah. like that. You have to make sure mm-hmm. that it has some sort of um, weight in the academic yeah. world and colleges are aware of that uh, that program. So, you know, you need to kind of make sure that's nationally recognized. Um, so mm-hmm. that's actually helping you and you're not just paying for some little project that, you know, from an institution that none of the colleges know about. Okay. So, how many summer programs did you apply to? So we're talking summer of your mm-hmm. junior year. I applied to five, I believe, summer <laughs> programs. <sighs> so, mm-hmm. so you wanted to do like research, like something medical yeah. related-ish? So this program was uh, BU RISE. RISE stands for Research in Science and Engineering. Mm-hmm. And it was at Boston University. That's BU. And... Um, Yeah, I applied for kind of biomed engineering, uh, that field. And Mm -hmm. what they do is when you get accepted, they match you with a professor. But the Mm -hmm. professor uh, won't always necessarily be uh, in the field that you applied for. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was the case. My professor was in the Department of Anatomy and Neurobiology. Mm. And So fascinating. (laughs) Yeah, Grace's face is absolutely (laughs) deadpan right now, if you couldn't tell. so much respect. That sounded so sarcastic. I'm not sarcastic. It was sarcastic. It was not sarcastic. It was sarcastic. Wait, 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 wait. Back up. Before you mm-hmm. tell us about the RISE program. So what were the other four you applied to? <laughs> and what were like the results? Was BU your first choice? Yeah. So BU was actually my second choice. I had applied to, there was this one called the Garcia Scholars, mm-hmm. which was in uh, Stony Brook, I believe, okay. up in New York. Um, that was my first choice. And then why, why was that your first choice? That was I, uh, definitely the most selective mm-hmm. and academically rigorous. I think they only accept 40 students for mm-hmm. that program. And um, you, you do, you do write a full length research paper Okay. and uh, you have to like, there's some strange requirements. Like you have to go back when you go back home, mm-hmm. you have to present it to 
some audience of people like mm. family or friends or yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. so you have to kind and of and that was the most that. difficult part because you do not have any friends right right naturally <laughs> <laughs> no i have friends one friend me grace <laughs> okay so i'm just i want you to list all of these sure so for people listening who might want to go into like science yeah or whatever they can kind of use this as a resource mm-hmm. so if you're looking for high quality stem programs that um yeah you so the ones i applied to was garcia scholars that was my first choice mm-hmm. bu rise was my second choice uh-huh. um my third choice was the young scholars program at uc davis okay um that's also uh, a nationally recognized mm-hmm. program. I recommend that. Mm-hmm. Mr. Weed. Uh, Mr. Yes. Weed. Our um, statistics teacher went there. So. Yes. We love him. We and love Davis. Mr. Weed. And UC Davis. Yes. yes. And then uh, the I applied to two other programs. Uh, one was at UCI. It was actually an ethics program. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was talking about kind of uh, the bioethics uh, behind, you know, various experiments and okay. uh that that kind of thing that's cool and uci then, is uh uc irvine yes uc irvine and then the final program i applied to was um, actually here local in seattle it was at the fred hutch mm-hmm. um, research center or fred hutch hospital cancer cancer research, research center um, they have internships there mm-hmm. yeah so. so what happened to the other four? To the other four, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Reveal I got the, into yeah. B-Rise. Well, I got into all of them except Garcia, which was my Whoa. number one choice. Yeah. Um, but didn't you end up doing the Irvine one? I did not. No, I did not do the Irvine one. I saw one. something with Irvine on your Common App. Um. Y- oh, yes. That, well, that was an honor. So actually, oh. one strategy that I used was... I didn't have a ton of um, national awards yeah, like Grace obviously. does. Obviously, um, I mean, yeah, I just, yeah, just I'm not you're that just talented. Exactly. And, <laughs> <laughs> right. And so what I did is, you know, you can. I got into the Young Scholars Program. Mm-hmm. And that was highly selective, yeah. as well as BU Rise. So uh-huh. I listed that as an additional honor, even mm. though I didn't attend. So I was selected for it, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't attend. Oh, but I listed good, that as an honor. Okay. Yeah. So okay. that's that's something that. Uh, for all you out there listening, you can consider if that's something uh, that's happened to you. Mm. If you got into a program that was selective, but mm-hmm. uh, you didn't attend. Okay, so you have your background in jazz, mm-hmm. and then you have all this like research stuff that you did, mm-hmm. and then all these programs you got into. Mm-hmm. So let's like rewind and go back to the 4.0. Sure. So obviously you didn't have to balance a social life because you didn't have one. Right. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding, guys. She's not kidding. I am kidding. She's not okay. kidding. Okay, so how did you manage to balance, like, your social life? Like, the friend, or actually, friends? Uh-huh. <laughs> friends, family, and, like, you're also the captain, or this year you were the captain of the ultimate frisbee team which is like lots of practices and games and you were also on varsity tennis for four years and what's interesting is you didn't put varsity tennis on your application what which i kind of get why because you have so much other stuff and um tennis probably wasn't something you were planning to pursue in college but (laughs) what was that noise i was about to say something (laughs) but i i yeah i wasn't Uh, (laughs) okay um so two sport athlete um music 
research, family, friends, and then how do you balance that and school? Yeah, so I think in school, I going into my junior year, um, you know, something that I feel like I should have done, even though I didn't, was talk to um, upperclassmen mm-hmm. and ask about their experiences. Oh, you definitely talked to a lot of upperclassmen. You only hung out with seniors <laughs> your junior year. Well, no, what I'm talking ab- about is selecting classes for junior year. Oh, I see. And okay. the reason why is because, you know, I had half of my freshman year and then we had, you know, COVID online school mm-hmm. for the next year and a half. And I was yeah. worried junior year was the first time I took APs and I was worried about the course oh, load and okay. all of that. And so I did opt to take an off period uh, my junior year. Mm-hmm. And looking back, you know, I, I maybe could have taken another class if I... You definitely could have. Yeah, if I if I um, had known maybe that the, the course load wasn't going to be as bad as I had mm-hmm. expected it to be. At the same time, that did yeah. open up a lot of time for me to study and really do well and focus on the... Uh, classes that I was taking Mm -hmm. and you know your junior year classes are going to be the most probably the most important classes um, (laughs) that you are taking uh, in your high school career because that will uh, be the main kind of academic uh, checkpoint that colleges will be looking at oh great (laughs) oh great lucky me (laughs) lucky me um yeah and so I think that ended up being okay and working out for me uh, because I was able to focus in on those classes and um, really study for the AP exams, Mm -hmm. which... um, How many APs did you take and how many exams? I took four APs in junior year and um, took the four exams. So what were they? They were AP Chem, Mm -hmm. AP US History, AP Language and Composition, and um, AP Calculus AB. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then my other classes were Chinese and jazz ensemble. So I had six and then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, my off period. Mm-hmm. So. so I would say that the majority of admin at our school kind of push for people to have an off period because they don't want, you know, our, their students getting burnt out, um, which is really common when people take on a very big course load. But you just said that. You, you kind of regret having an off period. So why do you think you were able to get your stuff done in such a way that you felt like you could have taken on something else? Because arguably, like, chem and calc are probably really hard. Um, I wouldn't know because, you know, I'm not that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Ryan C. <laughs> your grace go, which is uh, Bro, get out of here. a different world of go away. <laughs> yeah, so... I guess I kind of take back what I said. I don't necessarily regret taking the off period in junior year. Um, Well, you didn't really do anything during your off period, did you? I mean, I studied occasionally, but I think that's where... (laughs) (laughs) You hung out with your friends. Yeah, that's where social life was kind of... was was nice. During the off period. Yeah. During sixth period. Yeah. Did you go home early? I did not, no, because I had jazz ensemble. No, but um, on block days. Um, yeah, most days I did go home early, um, although sometimes I would hang out if some friends were there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so me, weird. no friends, uh, so <laughs> oftentimes I was going home. But, <laughs> but uh, I guess my recommendation would just 
be you know what I what I meant kind of by looking back I could have taken another class was that you know maybe I could have fulfilled my CCR credit、oh, um, earlier、uh-huh. instead of doing it now. Yeah, when senior year I guess、um, senior year you have college applications、mm-hmm. in the first semester and so in that sense I kind of wish I could have taken. Seven last year instead of six, so that I would have had more、mm. time、uh, to spend on my applications,、um, and especially because the tennis season is during the fall, and that's when kind of applications are、uh, you, you're doing the most work、wow. on your applications.、Mm-hmm. So、that yeah, the fall of my senior year was a little bit tough、mm. uh, just because of that for the、mm-hmm. first couple months,、mm-hmm. but yeah. So moving on to the college admission process. So, how were you able to narrow down what schools you wanted to go to? Yeah, so I kind of did a search of, uh, well, well, first I looked back on kind of my high school career and figured、mm-hmm. out what type of person I、mm-hmm. wanted to sell myself as yeah, to colleges, which is hard because, frankly, you're quite boring. <laughs> there's, just, there's, there's, there's no.、Uh... <laughs> Speechless. <laughs> Anyways,、um, so looking back, I kind of tried to figure out what type of person I wanted to sell myself to yeah, colleges,、mm-hmm. um, which was, was which was、uh, kind of this interdisciplinary、um, research, music, sports person.、Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to bring a lot of different、uh, kind of perspectives and ideas to. The college that I was going to go to, and、mm-hmm. quickly figured out that liberal arts colleges are kind of,、uh, if you, if you're that type of person and you're kind of feel well rounded,、mm-hmm. um, that's what is a liberal arts college. A liberal arts college is kind of a smaller. They're typically smaller colleges. You know, maybe one、uh, thousand to three thousand students. So、anywhere. the size of a high school. Yeah, basically. basically, you're you're going to high school again. Yeah,、uh, do choose a liberal arts school, but、um, a lot of them have. A great focus on undergraduate teaching、um, because typically they don't have、um, graduate programs、uh, or, or super robust graduate programs, which means that all the professors and all the administrators、um, mm-hmm. and all the facilities are going towards、um, undergrad undergraduate students, right?、Um, and what that means is you get a lot more personal attention as well. Typically, colleges are. Uh, a lot bigger, you know, ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand students. When you get to larger public universities, and、um, sometimes I had heard、uh, from people that I had talked to, a lot of complaints they had was that, yeah, it's just it's really hard to navigate if you're not super, super proactive or don't know exactly、mm-hmm. what you want to do yet.、Mm-hmm. Um, so the liberal arts college has that kind of、um, appeal because you can do a lot of different. Uh, activities and take a lot of different courses that you might be interested in and want to kind of dip your feet in, but you aren't sure about whether you're interested in those areas yet. In a kind of safer and、uh, you know an environment where you get a lot more help and personalized attention from professors.、Mm-hmm. So that was what I was looking for、mm-hmm. um, as an interdisciplinary kind of music sports research person.、Mm-hmm. And then once I kind of narrowed. It down to well, you know, I want to go probably to a smaller school. Yeah.、Um, I,、uh, I, I looked at their programs. So,、yeah. which schools are going to have the strongest programs in what I'm interested in doing? For instance, so I wanted to major in chemistry, 
I saw I was looking. <laughs> Sorry. I wanted to major in chemistry, and so I was looking for schools that had strong STEM programs.、Mm-hmm. And、um, you know, were going to help me get to、uh, a good graduate school because that was、okay. kind of my goal post grad. So, what are those schools that have strong STEM programs? Yeah, so strong STEM programs and kind of smaller schools are going to be、um, all your liberal arts colleges, such as Pomona,、mm-hmm. um, any of the top. So any of the top liberal arts colleges, and those those top liberal arts colleges are typically、um, people think of them as okay. The top liberal arts colleges, and this is kind of a list up for debate, but typically Pomona is、yeah. always up there.、Mm-hmm. Pomona College in California. You've got Williams. Um, forgot where exactly that is, but it's a top liberal arts college.、Uh, Swarthmore is another one. <laughs> Bro, okay, keep going. Yeah, you've never heard of these, have you? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and、um, Wesleyan is also、mm-hmm. a top. One of the ha- Have. Yeah, Haverford, Haverford. is also another、um, uh, really good, strong liberal arts university.、Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on from liberal arts. Sure. Okay, so what other schools did you? Okay, maybe I'm just assuming, but it seems like you applied to a lot of schools <laughs> at the. I I think some of them not at the last minute, but before you started to like panic and be like, oh shoot, what if I get rejected from all these places? I'm just gonna apply to like several more. What would you say were your top five? Sure. So my top five were, um. Well, my number one choice was Pomona.、Uh-huh. <laughs> no, 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 keep going.、Yeah. My number one choice was Pomona, and then I guess, I guess my other kind of top five would be Brown,、mm-hmm. Brown University.、Um, Wesleyan was a top choice. Northwestern was also a top choice, and then、um, pretty much anything else from there, you know,、uh, was was fair game.、Mm-hmm. But then, why did you ED to Harvard? Yeah, so no, I, e- I feel like this is a、yeah. valid question. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So I EA'd to Harvard,、um, and you know, we'll get into I guess the intricacies of college applications. But、um, essentially, I had legacy there.、Mm-hmm. I had a parent who went there.、Mm-hmm. Had she's still alive, bro? Oh、uh, yes, I, I have. <laughs>、uh, sorry, I have a parent who went there,、um, and you know, Harvard. Top, I guess. Yeah, they top do. Top five、It's、universities like, in the country, yeah, in the world,、uh, nationally or yeah, internationally、uh-huh. recognized. Legacy does matter、yeah. a lot. Um, I wouldn't say that actually as much nowadays.、Um, It does still matter a lot. It's there are more kids who get in with legacy than with affirmative action. Yes, one could. Yeah, one could argue that. I guess you'd have to look into the stats more. Deeply for me, actually,、mm-hmm. legacy didn't help at all.、Um, <laughs> yeah, so I EA to Harvard, and you know, actually, and and this is kind of, I guess, some people might find that this happens to them over the application、mm-hmm. process. But you'll realize that some of the colleges that you applied to early or were planning on applying to actually weren't. Exactly what you were looking for,、uh-huh. and you kind of figure this out as you go because when you apply, you're like researching the schools and more in depth, right? You're looking up, oh, you know, what kinds of programs do they have? What kinds of activities can I be involved in?、Um, and a lot of that comes from writing supplemental essays, right? And you know, as I went on, I realized that 
Harvard, you know, obviously great school, but <laughs> yeah, it would not necessarily have been the best fit for me.、Mm-hmm. And you know, I found that out kind of later in the year,、mm-hmm. um, or sorry, later in the application process.、Mm-hmm. And EA, it's the the application is due in November,、mm-hmm. and so that's you know fairly early. Yeah.、Um, and and so as I kind of kept. Applying and writing applications,、yeah. I figured out that hmm, yeah, I'm I'm really actually looking more、mm-hmm. for the liberal arts feel、mm-hmm. and for the smaller college and、uh, smaller college feel. Yeah. So, objectively, I would say there's like nothing that's probably bad about you, right? Because you have so much research experience and you have a really cool background in jazz, which is probably not very common. And it's not like you're pretty good at it. You're excellent at it, because you also compose as well, and you've won awards for that, and you're really good at that. And you know you have the stats, but like, <laughs> okay, but it's it's not that I wanted you to get into Harvard,、um, and I thought that at the very least you would get waitlisted because I do think you're a very good candidate. Candidate. Can why can candidate? Can I, candidate、um, but like, why would you apply? Because literally, you could have probably applied to any other one of your top schools. Like, for example, does Pomona have ED? They do. Okay, and I did ED. But、um, yeah. okay, so explain that、yeah. and why you chose to make that. So my、decision. strategy, yes. <laughs> so my strategy was to.、Um, EA to Harvard and then ED two to Pomona. ED two. ED two and so ED and then the number two. Yes, ED and ED stands for early decision and early decision is binding, which means that if you get in, you have to go. Early action is not, and that's what Harvard is. And then what is ED two? ED two. So there's ED one and ED two. Some colleges offer this.、Um, okay. You have to look at the college's website to see、um, what they offer. For instance, some colleges will offer EA. Some colleges will offer ED one. Some、mm-hmm. colleges will offer ED two or both, and you have to figure out、um, which colleges offer those types of decisions in order、mm-hmm. to figure out and plan how you're going to apply. Yeah.、Um, but what my I applied ED two because you can't apply ED one if you're EAing somewhere else. Okay. So that's why that was my strategy.、Mm-hmm. EA then ED two. Yeah. Did you honestly think you were going to get into Harvard? No. So then, why would you do that? Because,、um, <laughs> you know, I guess I'm、I'll, a good journalist. Yeah, you are. You're, you're you're really asking Mean, the, the burning questions.、Yeah. I guess part of it at this point,、um, you know, I would have to say is parental pressure. Really?、Um, not not necessarily.、Uh, and that's not in a negative way. In a negative、yeah. way, but you know,、uh, obviously, my mom having ties to Harvard is. Someone who strongly advocates for Harvard because、um, mm-hmm. she, she had a good experience there.、Uh, now, you know, people might not have good experiences at their schools、um, mm-hmm. just because they go there, but in my case,、uh, my、mm-hmm. mom did,、um, and so she figured, well, you know, why not? You're a, yeah maybe a strong-ish student, you are, and you、um, are. yeah, have legacy. Maybe let's just try and see what yeah. happens. Yeah, okay.、Um, I guess. I guess I see where you're coming、yeah. from. Now,、mm-hmm. you, you, now you know. Looking back, it does seem slightly irrational. Because first of all, <laughs> I'm not going to comment. Yeah, you you think you probably think it's terribly <laughs> irrational. But looking back, 
it wasn't quite what I was necessarily um, maybe looking for in a school as someone who, you know, I, I consider myself a strong student, but yeah. I'm not like the top 1% of kids who, you know, win science Olympiads and win math Olympiads. And Nerd. All. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> You're not a math Olympiad. Right. I'm not. Which, what even is that? Like, play <laughs> sports. Go outside. Sorry. Keep yeah, there, there are some kind of, you know, there's some kind of level of thinking and intelligence that mm-hmm. some people just naturally have that I don't necessarily think I do. I, I consider myself a good studier, and I think I have good study habits, and that's what allows me, and I, I, I think I work hard, and that's yeah. what allows me to excel in some of these uh, subjects, but you know, I don't possess kind of that, I guess, yeah, higher order intelligence or kind of what people think of genius level oh, okay. minds. And that's that's fair. Yeah, and at Harvard, you're going to get that for yeah. sure. And for me, it was I didn't want to not you know being around people who are better than you are is good. It pushes you to compete and pushes you to try new things and uh, be better. But at the same time, you can also get discouraged, very discouraged. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and in my case, I would err, I would say I'd err on the side of um, challenging yourself just because typically that does lead to bigger and better things. But um, I wasn't sure whether I would enjoy my time in college if I was um, just having to compete with super, super you know, academically talented and, and, and rigorous students. Um, and yes, like you said, EA, when I didn't necessarily think realistically I could get in, maybe I had a sliver of hope, but one thing I will say is the reason why I applied to so many colleges too, is that my parents and myself, after talking to people, lots of people was the concern was that college acceptances and, uh, college admissions is getting really, really competitive, especially in these past couple of years, right? And we weren't sure exactly where I fit in to mm-hmm. all of that competitiveness. Was I, you know, better than I thought I was? Was I worse than I thought I was? And there's really no way to measure <laughs> yeah, that until you yeah. actually apply. Uh-huh. So um, w- my parents and I ended up kind of coming to the conclusion that we should apply broadly um, to, you know, make sure that... Uh, that I had a couple choices, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I wasn't going to be upset with um, where I was going. Yeah. Can you reveal, like, maybe just whatever comes to mind, everywhere you got rejected or deferred or waitlisted, and then everywhere you got in? Yeah. So, in terms of rejections... It's going to be a long list. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, it was absolutely brutal interview. Um so my rejections slash wait lists were Stanford, Harvard. Uh, this is, wait, wait, wait. Do rejection. Rejection, okay. Yeah, yeah. So outright rejection was Stanford, University of Pennsylvania, um, Wash U. Uh, let's see what else. Pomona was an outright rejection. Damn. Um, Northwestern. Northwestern. Uh, Haverford. That's crazy. And then wait lists were Harvard, Michigan, and um, there's one other that I can't remember off 
So Harvard, mm-hmm. Michigan. Where else? There was that one like random, random college that I didn't even know. UCLA. I got waitlisted. No, there. the other one. UCLA was another one, but no, I meant like I got I got rejected slash waitlisted from nine, and that was the ninth. UCLA was the ninth. No, but wasn't there? You know, like the one where we checked in the car. That was Haverford. That was Haverford. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. No wonder I didn't know. The name. <laughs> yes. So. So. Did I just say him again? No, 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 no. So. I guess like starting from the beginning, so opening Harvard, mm-hmm. and then just like, it was actually really interesting because I feel like it happened in a series. So you got maybe waitlisted and rejected from a couple, and then things started turning up, or things really turned up on that one day, which is Ivy Day. Right. But at first, like, did it suck really badly that you know you got rejected from? Um, some of these places that you probably would have been happy at. Yeah, it was. Um, so my Harvard app, uh, decision was the first one I opened and I got deferred. And to me, actually, that was like, wow, you know, I got deferred from Harvard. I feel pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, there's always kind of the looming fear, you know, oh, am I, I haven't gotten in anywhere. Yeah. So am I, you know, going to be okay or not? And um, it was the same with Michigan. Mm-hmm. I got, uh, I got deferred again, and because I applied to Michigan EA, actually forgot to mention that. Oh, so I applied to Michigan and Harvard EA. Oh, and Pomona ED two, and and you have legacy at Michigan. Sort of. Um, my parents went to grad school there. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, my my dad went to grad school there. And in some cases, that counts as legacy. In a lot of places, it doesn't. Um, but yeah, you can you can look it up online to see whether. Some colleges consider legacy at uh, the graduate school level. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, after those two, it was kind of like, eesh, you know, like yeah. uh, it's 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 tough and well, you know, it's a little nerve wracking knowing that you're not in anywhere yet. But then I got into my safety, uh, which was Kalamazoo College, and the key I think something that everyone should consider when applying is to really fall in love with your safety school. Um, that really helps. And for me, Kalamazoo College um, was was my safety. My parents, or sorry, my dad and all of his brothers and sisters went there um, and they all had really good experiences, all um, grew up to be pretty successful. And so they, and that was liberal arts college, very small, like 1600 kids. Mm. Um, but they had really good programs, really high med school placement, which was something that I was looking for in schools. Um, you know, kind of their preparation, the college's preparation, how they prepare you for graduate school. Um, and so, yeah, K College was a great option. And once I got in, there was kind of a sigh of relief. You know, mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm going somewhere. Yeah, and your scholarship. Right. And there was good scholarship money, uh, Very merit good. scholarship, and some music scholarship stuff. Wow. Um, yeah, which was great. Um, that was that was a good day. That was a good day. Yeah. Yes. So for everything else, so I think the only one that I opened where I was around you, or I was with you when you opened Northwestern and Pomona and those were top choices. Yes. Pomona, Northwestern, 
were top choices. And yeah, it was pretty discouraging, I would say, I guess. Really? It, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I take that back. It wasn't super discouraging. I know, I knew they were top schools. Yeah. And I knew that it was going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, thank goodness I applied broadly. Um, yeah. Because at least I'll maybe have some options rolling in. Th- this isn't it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I did, yeah, I did get rejected from those. And this is around March. So mid to late March application decisions are starting to come out. Yeah. And yeah, so those were kind of the two big rejections that I had. And then came Ivy Day. Yes. Um, so reveal is, what school you're going to go to at the very end. Okay, okay, got it. So this was March 30th. Um, and that's, I think, every year that's, that's Ivy Day. <laughs> um, and that's when all the Ivy Leagues release their decisions. And so for me, I applied to four Ivy Leagues. I applied to Harvard, UPenn, Brown University, and Columbia University. So I was looking for, I would get those four back. And then also that day, uh, UC Berkeley came out and Georgetown came mm-hmm. out. Wait, can you actually go over what UCs you got into? Yeah. And which one you would consider going to? Mm-hmm. So I applied to five UCs. Um, reason was that the UC application is just one application that you fill out. So the essays are all the same. Uh, all the activities that you fill out are the same. And then you can use that application to apply to whichever UC you want. So I applied to UCLA, UC Berkeley, UC San Diego, UC Irvine, and UC Davis. And I got into all of them except UCLA. Mm, and then you also got into USC. I did get into USC, yes. Which um, is just not a part of... Right, which yeah. is not... It's a private school, not part of the UC uh, coalition. But yeah, USC is also a great school. Yeah, so you got into all of those. Yep. Wow. Except UCLA, mm-hmm. yeah. And I would have considered going to uh, Berkeley. Yeah. Although they were very, very large. Um they're a very large school. I think it's 30,000, 40,000 undergrads, Jeez, which, wow. you know, they have top 40, programs. 000. Yeah, but That's it is like very, very large. $40,000 is a Birkin. <laughs> We're talking not Kelly, but a Birkin. Yeah, if everyone paid $1 um, yeah. from the undergraduate. Then I could buy a Birkin. You can, <laughs> yeah, well, crowd crowdfunding, maybe you can, crowdfunding. Maybe you can ask all the undergrads. Yeah. Anyways. Um, That's Loki kind of smart. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, so UC Berkeley is a good school. And the only thing is that it's really big. So for me, if I hadn't gotten into um, some of the other schools that I'll reveal later, uh, I probably would have considered going there. So Ivy Day. So Ivy Day, yes. So UC Berkeley was the first application I opened and I got in. um, And this was all March 30th. So then I had Georgetown. Uh, Georgetown I opened after school as well and I got in. And that was nice Yay, too. Yeah. Georgetown, really good uh, med school placement. And it's a little smaller. I think it's 8,000, 9,000, 10,000 kids, uh, undergrads. And yeah, has really strong STEM mm-hmm. programs, that kind of thing. And it's in DC. It is in DC. Okay. Yes. So that was great. And then, yeah, I then went on to my four Ivy League decisions and. We opened Columbia first, and I got in, which was that's crazy cool. Yes, um, and yeah. So then I opened UPenn, and I got rejected, and then I opened Harvard, and I got deferred, 
And Again? The, or sorry, I got waitlist, uh, waitlisted, uh-huh. and then I opened Brown and got in. Yes. yes. And you are going to? Brown. Yes. Yes. Um, Yay. Yeah. I guess I'll talk a tiny little bit yeah. about why I chose Brown. Yeah. So Brown is a little larger uh, than one might think of when they think of liberal arts university. There are 8,000 undergrads. Mm-hmm. But the thing with Brown that I really liked was that they're really focused on undergraduate teaching. All the professors there are um, there because they want to teach and help undergrads, not grad students necessarily. Um, Brown also has an open curriculum. And what that means is that they don't really have general education requirements. So meaning you don't have to take oh, two years of this math and two years of this English and history or whatever. Right. They don't have that, which allows you the flexibility to do take courses in pretty much whatever you want. Um, yeah, so for me, that was cool because I want to do, try a lot of different things. I want to do music. I want to do some STEM courses, uh, which for my major, right? I also want to do, um, I'm interested in maybe some economics and history, right? So I can do a lot of different classes and, and take a lot of different things and expose myself to a lot of different, uh, perspectives, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Oh, yeah. And then Brown also has lots of research opportunities because it's so undergrad focused, undergraduate research opportunities, I should clarify, um, because they so are so undergraduate focused, which was uh, something that I really valued mm-hmm. when looking for a college. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. This was a very good turn of events. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Yes. Yeah, that was it was crazy when I found out that. It you was. got into not just, I mean, Berkeley is huge, but then Columbia and Brown, like. Yeah. Did you expect it in the slightest? No, not not really. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting because you actually had your heart set on a different liberal arts college. I did. So, oh, I forgot. Yeah. So I got into Wesleyan. That wasn't that day, um, but it was a different day. And Wesleyan was definitely my top choice after um after all my applications up to that point, um, but that was before Ivy Day. And Wesleyan is, yeah, a very good liberal arts school, 3,000 mm-hmm. kids, had everything I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty much brown, but yeah. smaller, basically. Uh-huh. Um, in fact, a lot of people who don't necessarily get into brown actually do end up going to Wesleyan and liking oh, wow. it, I've heard. Um, and so, yeah, I was I was really set on that, and I had actually over spring break kind of planned a trip to go visit it. Um, but that was before Ivy Day, and so ended up getting into Columbia and Brown, and twisted the schedule to kind of go toward them as well. Mm-hmm. So, like you just said, Wesleyan and Brown are very similar, mm-hmm. and what you were looking for was a smaller college, and obviously Brown is more than double the size of Wesleyan. Mm-hmm. So if the brand names on those two colleges were switched, would you go to Wesleyan? Because I would. <laughs> really? Yeah. And the thing is, so I think I can survive, you know, smaller college. What I mean is not like a huge public university mm-hmm. um, like Michigan or yeah. UW or, or those kind. OK, I shouldn't say UW. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's fine. You um, can say UW. Oh, yeah. And you yeah. got into the UW honors program. Yes. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So 
Um, the reason why I guess I kind of chose Brown was that um, Brown has kind of become a lot more popular in recent years. And the reason why is because their culture there is such that they have emphasis on a collaborative learning environment, even though it is a top, you know, Ivy League school and there's going to be a lot of competition there um, and, and top students there. But uh, the culture around that competitiveness is a lot healthier at Brown. Um, I've heard from people who have gone there uh, that they enjoy it because, you know, people are not always, it's not a cutthroat environment. Yeah. Like um, I've heard some people actually talking about Columbia in that way. Um, it's very competitive mm -hmm. at Columbia. Yeah. Very, um, yeah, very academically rigorous. Uh -huh. and people are super, super focused on studies and it's just not, not super enjoyable. But what about Wesleyan? But I, so, well, at Wesleyan, it's, it's, it's similar to Brown. Mm -hmm. um, the smaller environment yeah. is going to be slightly less competitive. It's going to feel a little more open and mm -hmm. safer to try new things, interact with professors and peers. Yeah. Um, and So you chose Brown because it's Brown, right? To an extent, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, and that's me, okay because, I mean, you got in, you earned it. So that yeah, makes sense. Right. And I figured for med school... Um, what I've been thinking about is you don't necessarily have to go to the absolute best grad school, like grad school out there. For instance, Georgetown Medical School, like 1% acceptance rate. That's a super top uh, medical school or Harvard Medical School. And for me, I was thinking, you know, I don't necessarily have to get into a top, top graduate program. Yeah. Um, I can go to, I mean, UW Med School is great and they're not, you know, ultra 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 competitive yeah. but you'll get a very similar experience um at least to my knowledge that you can get pretty much at any of these top mm -hmm. uh, med schools and the same kind of goes for your undergrad experience i would say your the the way things go at college is mm -hmm. going to ultimately be up to you yeah. no matter where you go yeah um it's ultimately going to be what you make of it that's right? good advice um so, you know, if you don't necessarily get into your top choice, you don't, uh, don't be too, uh, too disappointed. Uh, I'm well, <laughs> you, can, you can be, dis you can be disappointed, but yeah. you know, I just, I just feel like, um, I think you got into the school that you got into for, um, a reason and yeah. they wanted you and yeah. that means you're a good fit for that school. And so you will do well as long as you're kind of. Uh, making the most out of it mm -hmm. wherever you go. Mm -hmm. So back to the whole brown thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what you're saying is basically like you kind of came to the conclusion that you don't need to go to an ultra top medical school. Mm -hmm. So you can go to an ultra top undergrad <laughs> school instead. Yeah. And, and then so so you could just go to like a mid medical yeah, school. It, well, and the thing is having the kind of mark of an Ivy League yeah. and having that brand name. I mean, like you said, it's it's not totally untrue that brand mm -hmm. name sometimes plays a factor in mm -hmm. getting certain jobs and positions uh, yeah, as much as true. it sucks, right? Yeah. Um, when there are, you know, plenty of other qualified candidates out there who, you know, but, and I guess it seems like I'm kind of playing into that. No, no, but, no, you're not. It's okay. You know, it's kind of, one of those experiences where you're like, well, if I got, I, I was thinking, well, I got in mm -hmm. and 
I think I'm a good fit for that school and I think I'll have a good time there. Yeah. And the level of academic rigor that's at Brown that I might necessarily not necessarily get at Wesleyan and also the types of people I'm going to meet there, mm. the connections that I will um, be able to make at Brown, you know, not necessarily better or worse at Wesleyan, but, but then Wesleyan, but you know, it's just, I think Brown has uh, cultivates a lot of like diversity and yeah. uh, lots of different really cool people mm-hmm. that, um, I really like to meet yeah. and make connections with and you know they're probably going to be pretty cool people mm-hmm. when they graduate from college yeah. right yeah. um so and you will too <laughs> hopefully yes and so i figured brown mm-hmm. you know, why not why yeah. not go to brown yeah i think it's a good fit for you too i'm i'm really happy for you um thank you not just for me but for anyone listening What's just one piece of advice? It could be something about during the admissions process, afterwards, you know, it could be anything. One piece of advice. Yeah. Hmm. Like something you would say to yourself like three months ago, four months ago, or maybe like in your junior year, your past self. Yeah, I guess. Hmm. Well, one ad- one piece of advice that I'd give to everyone, uh, and I felt like I tried to do this as much as I could, and I think it worked out, um, was to sell yourself to colleges. And what I mean by that is like you need to cultivate a, a clear image of who you are to the admissions officers. Admissions officers are only reading your application for at most a couple minutes, and you need to kind of make sure that they remember who you are and mm-hmm. what type of person you're going to be and yeah. what you're going to contribute to the their college. For me, I really tried to sell music and jazz as well as uh, kind of my whole interdisciplinary nature and love for that. And so people, I think the admissions officer reading my application because I really kind of hammered it over the head. And in your application, just a kind of technical thing is don't be afraid to repeat stuff. Um, don't be afraid to repeat like an activity or honor somewhere in your application because again, if you overload your admissions office, the admissions officer with too much information about a billion different things you're doing, they're not going to necessarily remember um, who you were. So, um, yeah, I think it's a good idea to kind of repeat what you're, uh, who you are and the activities and extracurriculars that represent that in your application. And, yeah, just ultimately make that as clear as possible to admissions officers as you can. And I think you'll be remembered. Mm, I like that. I like that. Um, This is like, I think the longest rise and shine episode we've had in like a year or something. This was a very fruitful conversation. Um, If you guys want to hear more from Ryan, I will put his email in the description and he will email you his common app. Um, (laughs) No guarantees about that, Um, but yes, feel free to reach out and I can answer any questions you might have about the college admissions process Mm -hmm. or, or yeah, anything related to um, kind of what maybe I'm doing or, yeah, just any questions you have. Yay. I'm worried about this one. (laughs) Okay, so 
this is the hot topic. I do have a little bit okay. to okay. talk about. So yeah, go ahead. So affirmative action is a set of policies that any institution, like a workplace, a college, etc., will adopt to make sure that they're hiring a wide range of people and they're giving everyone a fair chance. So people think of it as leveling the playing field. Because historically, um, racial minority groups, as well as women, um, other minority groups <laughs> um, are yeah, ethnic minorities. Yeah, basically, um, are at a disadvantage. So theoretically, it sounds good. But um, I remember you talked about this a lot. You said it was going to be hard for you to stand out as an Asian male who wants to go into STEM. And on top of that, you have good grades. So you think that this is very common and it is very common. <laughs> so number one, what are your thoughts about affirmative action? Do you think colleges should use it? Number two, do you think you were disadvantaged? So you listed your rejections, right? So do you think that if you were not not if you were any other race, but if affirmative action wasn't a thing, do you think you would have gotten it? And then third, did I say two things? <laughs> did I say two things? You might have. It doesn't three? Matter. Okay, it doesn't matter. Um, and then number three, I actually forgot number three. Wait, I have to come up with something now. I had a number three. This is at the one hour mark. I start to get a little tired. <laughs> um, and then, oh, and then number three, um, how do you think you were able to make yourself stand out? Yeah, so <laughs> there are definitely two sides, but personally, uh, I stand with affirmative action for a couple reasons. So there's, so addressing the opposition, some people might say, well, you know, affirmative action actually reverse discriminates against um, well-qualified Asian American students. Mm -hmm. But this is an inaccurate narrative um, in the kind of because it homogenizes Asian Americans. Asian Americans is a very, 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 very large, you know, reference to people of Asian descent, all of Asia. You know, you can have a ton of intraracial um, uh, ethnic minorities. You know, you have Chinese, you have Korean, you have, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that was a very short list. Yeah, that was a very short list. <laughs> yeah, okay, that, so there are 48 countries in Asia. Right, That's right, all you need yeah. to know. There's a lot of <laughs> There's us. a lot, a lot of ethnic minorities um, here in the U.S. And so what, what that kind of fails to address is that there are disparities between, you know, intraracially, right? Um, and, you know, I don't necessarily know what kind of there's, – there's definitely history yeah. of – some Asian American, you know, ethnicities or races may be slightly more advantaged than others or more advantaged than that, others. That's true. Right. That's and that's true. why, you know, this kind of generalization is uh, is, I think, slightly inaccurate. Um, that's actually so true, though, because if you think about it, when you think about, oh, yeah, it's like discriminatory against like. Asian Americans, you're probably thinking of like the Asian tech bros who right. have. Yeah. You're probably thinking good of a Chinese and, kid who codes all day and that kind yeah, of Yeah, exactly. And you're not thinking about like 
for example, like Hawaiians、mm-hmm. were the most literate、um, ethnic group. I think in the U.S. or the world. I don't know. Please don't fact check me. <laughs> Actually, no. Do fact check、uh, this and then go educate yourselves. And then the United States went over and messed all of it up, just so we could have a pineapple company that has mid fruit. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's that's one kind of、um, address of the opposition.、Uh, and then in terms of benefits of affirmative action, I think increasing diversity on,、um, especially on college campuses, prepares students to you know be、uh, just better citizens of society in general. Be more aware、mm-hmm. of their surroundings because ultimately, when you go out into the world, you're going to be met with a lot of diversity. Yeah,、uh, globally, nationally, globally, just in you know economics, in politics, in pretty much every field you can imagine, you're going to run into that. And so, preparing students in college to、um, kind of learn about the perspectives of other. Um, other students of different cultures, of different backgrounds,、um, on campus is especially valuable.、Uh, people can become better leaders、um, that way. You know, out 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 of college when they've learned、uh, kind of about all the different types of people and cultures and you know backgrounds of yeah students there,、um, and that can ultimately lead to、uh, better. I don't know. Maybe people. better people, better economic,、uh, positive economic consequences, positive、yeah. political consequences. People have a better understanding and awareness of the world around them. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that's why having that diversity、uh, is is so valuable, especially on campus.、Mm-hmm. Um, and that's valid. Yeah. And、uh, another thing I think too is that there's the.、Um, It allows low-income students、uh, to affirmative action. Kind of allows low-income students who may traditionally or historically come from ethnic minorities or that background、uh, allows them the opportunity to have a good education, which is what most、uh, most of the time is the barrier between、uh, being maybe lower in socioeconomic status to、uh, gaining greater social mobility and rising up to the middle and upper classes. Right.、Um, people may think there have been some、uh, arguments against this, saying, "Oh, yeah, well, low-income students won't have the、uh, you know academic or、uh, intellect to deal with top、uh, the you know academics at top universities." But there's actually been research、uh, that's been done that proves that this isn't true, and actually, people from、uh, lower-income backgrounds. Complete their degree at a higher rate,、uh, graduate faster, and、um, well, you can fact check that. It's something about completing your degree at a higher rate, as well as end up making just like as much money as their wealthier、uh, counterparts.、Um, so, you know, that's one thing to consider as well. So, giving lower income、uh, students who may be from disadvantaged backgrounds, racially, economically. Uh, that chance to have a top tier education and be successful and start building wealth within their community、um, and ultimately within their kind of、mm-hmm. ethnic whatever race、yeah. um, that leads to better、mm-hmm. racial equity, right? Yeah. So, how do you think you were able to stand out, considering that there's a lot of people like you,、um, not exactly like you, but a lot of people who have similar interests and 
um, maybe have this like similar similar stats for sure, and maybe extracurricular activities to an extent. Yeah. So I think traditionally the from my kind of background, we think of the traditional Asian student as one who, like you said, has good grades, um, has good test scores. Plays classical music. <laughs> this is something in our family that's kind of been perpetuated because my mom and dad both played classical music. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe they play tennis, and these are yeah. all things that I've done. Tennis, right? golf. Yeah, and and these kinds of sports. Uh, and so, I think what made me stand out first and foremost was jazz music. Okay. You don't see too many. You know, I I guess that's. I haven't fact checked that, but my guess is that there are fewer Asian. Uh, jazz pianists relative to mm-hmm. classical pianists. Yeah, or I would agree with that. Whatever, right? Even just at our school. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so that for sure made me stand out as an Asian-American student. And I really, really tried to um, embed that into my application yeah. so that the office admissions officer knows that's who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, also kind of the interdisciplinary nature of all my activities is you know, I think was an advantage because I wasn't completely focused on studies. Um, Maybe you may think of traditionally Asian students, all they do is study, that kind of thing. (laughs) Um, And I'm breaking down barriers. Yes, both breaking down barriers, right? How are you breaking down barriers? You You have a (laughs) 4.0. Anyways, uh, yeah. I have that minus like (laughs) four. Right. No, no, you don't. Anyways, so... Yeah, I think definitely just having the stats gets you in the door, puts your foot oh, in no. the door. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to get to the no, door. No, 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 no. And that's, not, I'll sneak through The stats window. don't necessarily have to be like the absolute best per se because... What if they're the worst? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when, when admissions officers are considering your application... They don't only look at stats and grades and that kind of thing. They're looking they at better not. <laughs> they're looking at what types of extracurriculars and activities you're doing, and really what type of person you are. Mm-hmm. Academics don't necessarily tell a complete story of what type of person you are, right? What your personality is. So, um, yeah, I'd say I wasn't super crazy focused on academics. I was focused, but then I also had other activities that I was strong in. Um, and from sports to music. And I think that was uh, kind of what set me apart from mm-hmm. most traditional, I guess, Asian students. And then we also do have an email, which is always open for you guys. It's riceandshinepod at gmail.com. So if you have any questions, concerns, or you just want to talk, hit us up there. Thank you and see you guys next week.